Welcome to the Big Ideas for Small Business podcast, hosted by fellow small business owner, Tim Hayden. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Ideas for Small Business. I'm your host, Tim Hayden, and I'm honored to have uh, Ron Reese with us today. Ron is the president of Reese & Associates in Greenville, South Carolina. He's also an originating member of the Kim S. Miller Family Enterprise Institute of South Carolina at Anderson University. That's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> and he's on the advisory council. And that's where I met Ron. Uh, we actually, um, you know, our business is one of the founding, founding families, families of that. So, um, Ron, we're honored to have you on today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, we're glad you're here. So, hey, uh, if you will, take a moment and just tell our, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I see. What can I say about me? I am professionally a licensed psychologist in the state of South Carolina. I've been in independent practice since about 1976. Somewhere along the way in the early 90s, I ran into a man who said, I asked him what he did, and he said, I'm a recovering attorney, so he got my attention right away. And then he said, I'm a family business consultant. And I said, what in the world is that? And when I learned about that, I was fascinated. And so since the 90s, mid-90s, I've probably worked with and had time with about 325 family-owned businesses. Mm. I love it. It's great. Personally, I'm married. This year will be 50 years. Wow. And she says I'm perfect, so I don't know that there's <laughs> anything else to say. Uh, and I have one son who is uh, about 37 years old, and I'm about to have the first grandbaby. All right. Well, congratulations. So we will have a little boy reese running around here pretty soon all right well that's great well again we know you're busy we we appreciate you yes, taking sir. the time to come out and i know that you know we created this podcast almost five years ago you know to where we can go deeper for small business and there's lots of our listeners out there that are owners or working family-owned business it's a big deal and i know that you spoke on a topic that i was uh, in that meeting about family meetings yes sir so um again so uh you know hey Discuss the importance of family meetings and mixing family and business. Well, in family and business is important because of what it does for our, our economy, for one. But families and business almost always struggle to communicate in some way about the business and the family. And it's virtually impossible not to mix them. Mm -hmm. So family meetings tend to happen at odd times over the dinner table, Thanksgiving, Christmas, at somebody's gathering and they're talking about the business at the same time. So they're ad hoc. Mm -hmm. All right, so what's the problem with that? Well, the problem seems to be that somebody who needs that information might not be at that conversation. So we know from experience that uh, there are really three primary things that are very helpful to family-owned businesses. Regular planned family meetings, strategic planning, and a governance structure that includes independent board members. Those three things. So if we focus on family meetings today in this, meet, in this conversation, the primary reason is communication, especially if you're thinking of a generational transition in your business. And one of the things in a family meeting that might come up is questions about who can be employed and how. Mm -hmm. Do you, are you guaranteed a job? just because you got the right genetics or do you have to have some other reason for being there so family meetings uh, can 
if they're regular and planned, that's the other part of that, is then there can be an agenda. And when that agenda is in place, we're not just random. Mm -hmm. We have a purpose for being there, and we have an outcome for that meeting. Okay. Uh, that's deep, and that's really good. Um, but, hey, so my next question, Ron, is why have regular planned meetings? Well, one of the other things we know is that family-owned businesses do better when everybody has an understanding and can articulate the values of that family and that business. We operate on assumptions about values, sometimes without speaking them. So if everybody in the family is aware of those, and one of the things I do when I facilitate a family meeting is I help the family develop what I call a foundational statement for family and business. It's a belief statement about who we are as family and who we are as business together. Then mm. that's a very powerful exercise. Another thing that I love to do in a family meeting, that any family could do on their own actually, is a, a take a little sheet of paper that describes, are we a business first family? Or are we a, fa a, a family first family business? So. There's a conversation that takes place around those two topics sometimes, and it can be very revealing. Your teenagers, for example, that have worked in your business, they probably got a lot of questions they've never asked you about this business. Mm -hmm. And it would be good for them to hear some of those things. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, when, you were, when you just mentioned, are you a business first business or a family first business? Um, you said you work with about 325 or so businesses. How, if you had to take a rough percentage, of which is rich? Yeah. Oh man, I would bet that they end up being um, more like 65 business first, 65 okay. percent business first, okay. and family first. Okay. But family always comes in the door somehow. Uh, one of the colleagues in the field I'm in calls it ambidextrous leadership, and what he means by that is you might be on the phone. Or we'd be in a meeting, and just like you did a few minutes ago when we just first started talking, you're in a meeting and all of a sudden your phone rings and it's a family member. Mm -hmm. Well, ambidextrous means I can deal with the business that's going on in front of me, and I can immediately shift to the other hand and mm -hmm. deal with whatever family issues have. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a common occurrence in family-owned business. Yeah, that, that's really good. You know, and I would say that you know I would say that we're I, personally I'm a business. I'm a business first, yeah. I would say. And, you know, over half of the folks you work oh, with are I guarantee that you way, over so. half of them are. That's good. Yeah, that's good. So so I, I, I'm just along with most of the trend there. Yes, so. sir. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's good. Hey, um, Ron, my next question, what is the value of family meetings? Well, another part of the value is that you can have conversation about the future. Are we really committed to this business as a family for the long term? Is it in our being? And another great exercise for a family to do is, uh, I'll reveal a secret here that I do a lot of times and I sneak up on people and do it. I ask everybody in the room to uh, think of a, on a scale of one to 10 and, and one is purely an asset. The business is purely an asset that you would sell tomorrow. Or a 10, it's an heirloom that's been in your family for generations and you would never think of getting away, giving it away or getting out of it. And I ask everybody to write a number and then reveal. 
It's a very interesting conversation about how we are committed or not committed emotionally, despite all the financial aspects. Uh, in one meeting where I did that, the father, we put numbers on the wall and the father stood at a 12 and his son stood at a three. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so we had an interesting conversation. In that yeah, yeah, uh, I bet and so. So that's one of the things, it's about the future. And sometimes family meetings value is, if you get good at them, you can bring uh, frictional things to the table in those meetings. And where there's likely to be conflict, and I always say it's not a matter of when, it's if in family-owned businesses. So family meetings can also serve a place that we save some of that and we get in the same room and we actually uh, structure the way we talk to each other about a difference that we might have. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, one of the ones that always happens is about compensation. Mm -hmm. you know, there's always an issue around you're doing more than I am and I'm doing more than you, so I should be paid more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I understand, you know. Um, I could go off in so many different tangents right now, but hey, I'll, let me stick to the, my questions in front of me because <laughs> you've, go yeah, you go. you've got my head spinning, but I think that's, that can be a different topic for a different day. Hey, uh, Ron, so my next question, can you really separate family and business? Well, I don't know that anybody can. I think by setting up a structure to have a conversation that defines family and then also defines where business belongs in regard to that family, it helps to set some boundaries. And somebody in a, and, and you, you know, you're in a family meeting and you say, okay, one of our rules at family gatherings is if we're together socially, we don't talk about business. And everybody around the room says, all right, we got it. Well, the next time you're in a meeting in a, in a social setting and somebody starts to talk about it, then everybody's already agreed. So somebody in that group can say, hey, wait a minute, mm -hmm. without causing a lot of frustration because yeah, yeah, yeah. we've made that decision yeah, together. That's good. I, I like that. Hey, and, I'm yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, that kind of thing is, it's just being deliberate. It's so easy not to be deliberate because we're used to being together and we know each other so well, and then we just kind of assume or expect that things will continue in that fashion. Mm -hmm. You know, a side note, I, I may open up a can of worms, I don't intend to, but, you know, I'm third generation in our business in yeah. our in our business and you know the second generation started our business the first generation came shortly thereafter and they were 50 50 partners oh yeah that's a different model it, it is and then when the first generation retired then you know the the um you know second. founder the founder of our business what who who is the second generation if you will if that makes sense yeah i got it yeah i've, I've read your stuff and yeah so if that makes that. sense um so so now it was 100 percent his and then and then we've transitioned now and then i bought my folks out 10 years ago but i remember um, i said all that to make this point i remember sitting around the supper table when i was a teenager and i remember hearing the stuff at work and talking about i remember going to my grandparents house when i was probably eight or nine or ten years old and hearing my parents and my grandparents talking about business. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I did, I didn't want my children to go through that like I did. Ah. So my wife has never worked in our business, okay. and our, but our kids have, uh -huh. you know, when they were teenagers. So we didn't have a lot of, 
we didn't have a lot of that conversation like I did growing up. And again, we were a much smaller business than we are today. But it really makes me question, maybe I should have had some more of those conversations. You know, because they know what's going on here, but they don't have any idea to some of the things that may be tribal knowledge. So I think the yeah. family meeting... They're know, about tribal knowledge. Yeah. They are about tribal knowledge. And, you know, the dinner table is really a starting place for a lot of succession. And, and it's not so all bad. I mean, the, the, if, if you came home and you said, man, today was just an amazing day, and the things we accomplished make me so glad I'm in a family and a small business. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to what usually happens is they come home and complain about everything. Yep. And so it, it, to have a meeting where you actually talk about successes, which is part of a family meeting, is, is great. I mean, it makes people think, well, maybe I ought to be in there and, and I can bring something to the table if I just pay attention. Yeah, and I do share things with my family. Mm-hmm. Like we're I'm about sure do. to close, we hope, we're about to close a huge deal, and maybe even this week. All so right. when we're recording this, it may be just, I mean, a, a couple of days away. And I've already told my family about it. So we're celebrating that. So it's potentially a big deal. And again, we're working hard. It takes a while to you know to close things. So we're blessed to be in that situation. So I do share things, but I think uh, you know, the family meeting has really got me, I'm really inquisitive about it. So we can ask more conversation in the future. I think it's great. Sure. Hey, um, so to answer your question, so can you really separate family and business? Well, I think what I heard say, you can... You but you got to have the rules up front. Up front, and and part of that is, in the broader sense, is a governance structure. You know, in a, a ownership structure, is you got your shareholders, and then let's say you got a board, and then you got your management team, and then you need a structure over here that houses family, and mm-hmm. particularly if your family is large. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some families, you know, six generations out, and there are a lot of players. Yeah. And so do you want all those players who actually have a stake in the business, even though they may not have an ownership in the business, they certainly have a stake in it because somebody else in their family is working there and they need some information. Right. No, that that makes sense. Hey, so, Ron, um, my next question, what do family meetings do or accomplish? They accomplish... Unity, they accomplish an opportunity to talk about the things that we use, that we often don't talk about. Somebody that they, I've interviewed family members and I always say, everybody knows it, but nobody knows it. That's my phrase. Mm-hmm. And each individual will sell, tell me something and then everybody says, well, we don't ever talk about that together, but we all seem to know it. Mm-hmm. Um, to look at the next generation and be able to say, Here's what you need to do in order to come and be of value to this business is one of the major things that happens in those meetings. Family meetings, we try to structure them so that they can include some families like, well, include 14 years old and up, uh, and some will say 16 mm-hmm. and above. But generally speaking, that's where that's that cutoff is in that or that later adolescent period mm-hmm. and uh, the conversation then it can be going lots of different ways okay you know and if you're going to do a meeting i mean if you're thinking about doing a meeting 
It's important to, first of all, get somebody in the, in the family that maybe they've got a little more uh, credibility as a in, in relationships, and they got they can move among family with with ease, and they're not so, not not frictional frictional to other family members, mm-hmm. and they may be the person who's good at driving and setting that meeting up and saying, hey, guys, come on, it's time for us to do this. Mm-hmm. And they become the facilitator of getting it to happen Okay, the first time around. Yeah. Um, there's, you mentioned, um, you, know, you know, my question, what do family meetings do or accomplish? And you mentioned unity. Yeah. What about spouses? That just came. What about spouses? Spouses are in the business anyway. They just don't come there every day. <laughs> and when, when I have... When I have owners tell me, Ron, my wife's not in the business, I laugh at them. I say, she is in the business. Mm-hmm. You go home to her. I mean, there is no way she's not in the business. Right. And, and uh, so I say, okay, let me tell you this. So your son and your daughter are thinking about coming in the business, so your wife is not going to be involved when you say to your son, you can't come in the business, and your daughter can You think she doesn't have an opinion? <laughs> uh, That's so, good. So That's spouses... Good. To be in the family meeting, yes, by all means, and yeah. even in-laws. Okay. Um, even in-laws. That's interesting. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because if let's say son-in-law is working in the business, or let's say son's working in the business and his wife is over here, um, yes, a family meeting ought to include her. Okay. It might not include her at for all the topics necessarily sometimes, but in general, I say. What's the downside? Yeah, they go. The son's going to go home and talk to her about it anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and you know, my my wife has not worked in our business as I mentioned earlier. But you know, and I tell her, I say, sweetie, I tell you what you need to know. I mean, the little stuff I try not to bother with, but the big stuff, you know, I try to let her know what's going on. You know, so because I think it's important. Communication the key, as you mentioned at the beginning of our of our talk. Yeah. Well, one of the, as an anecdote, the business that. Uh, largest family meeting I conducted I think I mentioned in the seminar I had 32 family members over two and a half days Mm. and the spouses there were nine there were nine owners in that business and they had nine spouses Mm -hmm. and I put I put the spouses in a separate room and had a conversation with them and I said what do you want to know and nobody had ever asked them and Mm. they were so excited they couldn't stand it wow and they put a list of questions I don't know, 15 questions up on the board. And then I took them and we went back in and sat down with the rest of the family and I let, helped them ask the questions and get the answers. It was it was amazing conversation. That's great. Stuff yeah. they should have known long before. Yeah, man, that's, that's great. Um, and it certainly wasn't damaging. Yeah, hey. Um, that That's really good. Yeah, It's got my head spinning so, <laughs> in a good way. Hey, um, so hey, uh, what are some resources... Um, that are available for our listeners, or you know, how if our, if, the, if our listeners are really leaning in and just dr- want to drink some of this Kool Aid, where they can find out more information. Well, there's a lot of information available today about family enterprise and family business. Over 30 years worth of body of knowledge now that's incredible. When I first started, there was a smaller amount. Now we got all kinds of information. All you have to do is really do a Google search that says family-owned businesses and help for family-owned business and they'll tell you lots but on family meetings excuse me you can go to the family firm institute ffi.org is a is a great resource 
There are lots of books now. Uh, one of the key members in the field that everybody knows about is a guy named John Ward. Uh, John's been around. He's kind of like the grandfather of family business consulting at this point in education. There are education centers like the Institute at Anderson University. There are almost a hundred of those around the country. Mm. And so you can go and, and you could look up, for example, there's a really strong one at Kennesaw State. And they have information on their web pages too. Okay. And and there are all kind of books nowadays about family owned business. So Okay. I'd suggest anybody do a little reading in that area and, and, and they'll find out about family meetings in a hurry. Okay. That's great. Hey, so Ron, as we close our podcast today, uh, what's one piece of advice that you would give our listeners today? Well, I guess the first thing I'd say is somebody needs to raise their hand and say, let's have a family meeting. Mm-hmm. And then number two is have it. Mm-hmm. And don't be so scared. Make it small. Keep it simple. If you need somebody to facilitate it, pick a family member that's got the skills or, you know, you might get lucky and have um, somebody in your organization that has the skills. Mm -hmm. Somebody from HR, for example, often have facilitation skills. Mm -hmm. They might be willing to do that. Yeah. But to have an initial meeting that is, let's say, two hours or three hours long and design that agenda around family and business topics. Okay. Now, that's good. Hey, if uh, any of our listeners have listened today and enjoyed what you're doing, is there a way they could get in contact with you? Absolutely. RonReese.com. Okay. RonReese, R-E-E-C-E, right? That's correct. That's good. Well, Ron, thanks so much for being with us today. I love it. It's great. That was great. Hey, and for our listeners, everyone take care and God bless. If you'd like to continue the journey with us, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. If there's specific topics you'd like to hear, be sure to put that in the comments as well. We'll be launching a new podcast on the first Wednesday of every month. If you know others that would get benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them, and we'll be seeing you guys next month.